you know, there's a few things I kind of got to get off my chest here. Because it really does just make me wonder what mentality is kind of going on in the sports community. The sky is not falling. I'm tired of this mentality. That one week determines everything. That a whole season is dependent on just one game. That improvements, these people who make millions of dollars get paid, will not make them. That these athletes who put their heart into soul, at least most of them do into every game, are not going to care and try to improve. One week does not set the whole tone. Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, are fine. They're talented. They got punched in the face alright, but I'm not going to sit here crying saying they're garbage like some people are. The Chicago Bears got off to a slow start and Mitch Trubisky looked terrible. But guess what? There are millions paid in those offices that know how to correct this and will do their best to fix it. It's not over yet. And to the people calling the Steelers bad, you are not only jumping the gun here, you are absolutely leaping over it. The Steelers are fine. The Bears are fine. They're fine. The only thing you should be worried about, if anything, is are the Browns going to be getting every team's best shot every week like I think they are? That might be their downfall. It's not this week one performance. Please don't lie to yourself and think that all is over for these three teams, because it's far from over. Let's get into the show. You're listening to Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast with your host, as always, Jacob Mensfeld, on this microphone every week. Let's get right into the show. So, I mean, the Bears absolutely sucked. 10-3 loss to the Green Bay Packers. Not the way I think the NFL's 100 season probably wanted to start. If you got past all the commercials and... You're able to kind of evade all the flags that were thrown. My goodness, commercials and flags definitely plagued this 100th season. It it was a defensive chess match. And I mean, if you enjoy defensive chess matches, you loved it. Offensively, though, this one left a lot to be desired. If it wasn't kind of Aaron Rodgers playing great for about five minutes and Mitch Trubisky playing great for zero minutes... It, I don't know what to tell you. It just wasn't a not. It wasn't a good look for the NFL, and that's all I really want to talk about it because it was just so, so bland and so boring and brought nothing to the table. A few other games I want to highlight: Tennessee Titans beat the Cleveland Browns forty-three to thirteen. Now it's not as if this is not an absolute disgrace from the Cleveland Browns, because it is. But let's more so focus on the fact that this is a young team getting together. LeBron James, when he started out in Miami, things didn't begin perfectly. They lost games. Durant joins the Warriors. They lost games. When superstars join a team, sometimes it takes a little time. Heck, when Jerome McGinley joined the Pittsburgh Penguins, it took a few games to kind of adjust and get on the fly that year. I think what you need to do is give the Browns three weeks to try to adjust and learn how they're going to play together. Baker Mayfield had a bad game, but that's alright, he's young. It's his second year. Not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. So let's not put Mahomes pressure on him when he's not. To continue though, Tennessee isn't a playoff team. 
I don't believe they are. I don't believe they should even be considered. Marcus Mariota is not the guy to lead them. But they definitely did show a lot of poise, and they definitely did show a lot of strength. Cleveland has a big problem on their hands, though. They are going to get every team's best every week. They were chatting. Delaney Walker said it perfectly. Uh, when he, I believe he said, the Browns are not who they thought they were. If you want to crown them, kind of copy that Cardinals bear speech that I've been so familiar with since I was a child. I mean, definitely disrespect, but the Browns did it to themselves. They talked, they were bigger than what they should have been, and this punch in the face is by a team that's gelled more in the Titans than the Browns have. The Browns are going to win at least eight games but it might take them a few weeks to get on target and to get going. Kind of like a train. It's got to like, get some speed first, and they might be unstoppable. I think, personally, they're not... Maybe I don't think the Browns are making the playoffs, but they're not going to be this terrible team that this game would indicate, as some people are spewing out there. So, Lamar Jackson, I've been a critic of his, so I need to be... The first one to say, played amazing. And, you know, when he said things about how people said he was a running back and he kind of made that claim to the media, like, not bad for running back. Good job, Lamar Jackson. Stand up to your critics and prove that you are a quarterback, which you are. And I'm wrong here. I personally did not think that he had the kind of passing accuracy to be a great NFL quarterback. I thought he was great with his feet. I thought he was great with his throw power. I just wasn't sure in college that he always had the accuracy. I definitely, I, I just didn't see it. So that he's proven people like me and everyone wrong in the kind of football community who said that maybe he should tra- change positions, which first of all, I never said he should change positions. I just said, I think he's more of a backup quarterback or a guy to kind of be a developmental project for a few years before he starts. I never said he was a wide receiver, but I definitely was very critical of him. I think it's great what he's doing, and he should continue proving people wrong. And I think he's starting to make me a believer in him, and that he's definitely could be the answer to the Ravens' organizational struggles recently. So we move on, and uh, the Bills made a 17-point comeback, 16-point comeback, but they won 17-16. You know, Josh Allen, just looking at his numbers right here, I mean, one touchdown, two interceptions doesn't exactly pique my interest and make me go, wow. But he did throw for 254 yards, which isn't really bad. So, I mean, Allen was my favorite quarterback in that draft class more than anybody, and Darnold's definitely been playing better than Allen, I think, at most points. But he does maybe have a better team around him, so you got to take that into account, but... The Bills will be fine. They're going to be okay. I don't know if they're going to win a ton of games. This was a great start, though. They definitely do have an all right team. So Carson Wentz also made some noise as uh, he made his... The first quarter, I thought Washington had this game in the bag. I was ready to call out some Eagle fans on Facebook, but my goodness, they made a comeback, and I'm really happy I didn't send any messages. (laughs) Carson Wentz was absolutely phenomenal. 313 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. The the man was fantastic. Even even had uh, five rushing yards. How great's that? Carson Wentz, I don't think, is better than Dak Prescott. 
I don't think that he's worth the money he's getting paid. But if he plays like this every week, him and Lamar Jackson will be proving me wrong. And I'm not even afraid to admit that. They've proven me wrong. If we go to another game, uh, two more games I want to talk about. The Giants and the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, at the beginning of this game, made me terrified. I thought, oh no, Dallas Cowboys, they're going to they're gonna do it again. They're going to lose. A game they should win. But Dak proved who he was, and Dak proved his value. Four touchdowns, 405 yards. Pay Dak. Give Dak the money he wants. Not $40 million, give him 35 He's a franchise quarterback, and you need to pay him if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Elliott, fantastic game. 13 rushes for 53 yards, one touchdown. Came back and maybe wasn't in the greatest game shape, but he sure ran that ball well, and he was definitely better than serviceable. Daniel Jones came in, had a fumble. Daniel Jones is going to be fine. Give him time. Hopefully he's better than Mitch turned out to be. Now this is the game I want to highlight. We are going to talk about the Raiders in a sec, but this is the last game. Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. Patriots went 33-3. Do not take this game entirely as the scoreboard indicates. And what I say by this is look at the factors. The Steelers usually never do good in Foxborough. Never have, never will. Patriots were ready for this game. Obviously way more so than the Steelers. Steelers are still trying to recover from the whole Antonio Brown kabopple. They're a better unit, but they definitely are going to have to get over it. Patriots come in this game with the best coach in football, maybe top three team in the league. Best, just the rich get richer with Antonio Brown. They're going to be fantastic. So do not look at the scoreboard, please, and I beg you. And start saying the Steelers are trash. Because they're not. The Steelers next week are going to be fine. They're going to score their points and we're all going to forget about it. Please. The Steelers are good. Just look at the numbers. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger still threw 276 yards and had one interception. But besides that, I mean, this New England defense was ready to play. And obviously the Steelers offense wasn't ready. Running the ball. James, this was where the Steelers I was a little concerned with. Only 10 rushes to James Conner, your franchise running back, you've decided. The heir to Le'Veon Bell, who you claimed was better, he only got 10 carries? Come on. I was against him in fantasy, so I was very happy. But come on, give the man his carries. He's talented. Do not fool yourself and think you're going to run an air raid offense with a guy like James Conner your, as your running back. Don't hit me with this blasphemy. Whew, that was a lot of talking. Juju just Smith's Juju Smith Schuster. Also played a fine game. I'm gonna go over his statistics quickly. 78 yards was fine. I don't think he had a touchdown. Nah, zero touchdowns because there were none scored. Stupid me. Brady phenomenal. Three touchdowns, 341 yards. Perfect, perfect. Brady was great. New England's gonna win the Super Bowl. You heard it from me first. Don't think twice. Patriots win the Super Bowl. It's not even a controversial take. It's a smart take. If you don't think the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl right now, I think you got to look in the mirror for a second and ask if you're being realistic. If we're looking at percentages here and we're in a vacuum, the, the Patriots by far have the highest percent. So I'm just saying, if you want to play with odds, you go with the Patriots. If 
you think another team's going to win, please convince me with your argument because I don't see it. Best coach, best quarterback, best receiver. I'd argue Antonio Brown's a top three receiver in the league. You could even say he's number one if you really want to. Maybe Hopkins is definitely a megastar, but Antonio Brown, he's he's on he's with he's with Hopkins, so you can't really go wrong with either of those guys. If you just look at how they play, not their personality, I mean. Brown's not well, we're gonna get into Antonio Brown, so just hold on for a sec. Raiders beat the Broncos, though, and this is something that I've been saying. Vic Bangio is a new coach. He's been off a little more than he can chew, in my opinion, here. He doesn't have the talent for what he, I think, wants to do. I mean, Denver still has a fine defense, but offensively, I don't think they have the pieces to get him to the playoffs. And I think defensively, he does not have the defense the Bears had. They had a much superior defense, so I think he's going to struggle a little bit. And Oakland showed that they didn't need Antonio Brown. Joe, oh, sorry, Derek Carr had a fine game, no interceptions, one touchdown. Uh, Josh Jacobs, fantastic game. He was effective on the ground. And yeah, that's all I can really say. It was a fine game from everyone on the Oakland Raiders. Denver Broncos, they're in a little over their head here. And Vic Bangio, I hope he survives this year with his job in terms of, I I, I hope he wins enough games where they don't fire him. I hope he can just survive as a coach in this league. He needs to. He needs to survive because he's a defensive genius, but he needs some talent. That's what he really needs. So Denver, I, I really hope he survives and that he can keep his job. That's all I really got for football. Let's get into the two big stories. They're kind of off the football field. So Antonio Brown, the man... The man has either lost his mind or he's the most brilliant strategic strategist ever. He's up there with Kevin Durant and he's up there with others. He somehow got to New England. He somehow made a complete fool of himself enough to get to New England where he's going to win a Super Bowl. Brilliant or just so stupid it worked. I can't figure it out. Don't tell me. I, I really don't think it's a conspiracy. I think anyone who thinks the conspiracy of him getting to the New England Patriots, I think you're giving Antonio Brown too much credit. I don't think he was able to come up with all this. Because I think he mentally is just too much in the whole kind of me mentality. It's all about me. And I think he's too caught up in his image and everything to, to, to come up with this stunt to get to New England. I think you're giving him too much credit that he's too much of a genius to do this. If he is, he, he duped me even. Like Jerry Rice thinks that he duped everybody. I, I don't think he's this brilliant intellectual who was able to come up with this scheme to get to New England. I genuinely believe that he wanted to be a Raider. And he just made so many dumb boneheaded decisions that ended up somehow getting him to New England. I, I don't know how. I His stupid antics got him there. He acted like a child. He acted stupid with his decisions, especially his conversation with Mike Mayock and its fines and everything. And he, he got rewarded somehow. Isn't that amazing, though? If most people don't show up to their jobs, they're usually, they get penalized by losing their job or maybe something worse happens. But Antonio Brown doesn't. And all of a sudden, he gets a promotion, basically. He gets himself to the best contending team. It's just amazing. I, as I'm talking right now, I actually have nothing against Antonio Brown. He didn't do anything to me. 
And I'm sure if I talked to him in real life, he'd be a nice guy. I got nothing bad to say about him. Well, I guess I do, because I am kind of chirping him right now for his antics, but... You know what, I, personally, Antonio, I'm just giving you my take here. I'm sure you're a nice guy, and if we talked, we'd have a great conversation. It really doesn't matter what I think, though, because now you're on New England, and you're going to win a Super Bowl. Congratulations. Next story. We are going to look at the Texas-LSU game. I, I thought Texas was winning this bad boy. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, just absolutely dumbfounded with how Texas's defense played. I thought they were going to be a lot better. But with age, I guess, comes experience, and that's something Texas doesn't have. They probably are a year out, like a lot of analysts are saying. Morrow, though, on LSU, that guy absolutely just blew the doors off. Sorry, Burrow absolutely blew the doors off Texas. Looked like an NFL talent. Four touchdowns, one interception, 471 yards. The man torched them. Absolutely demolished them. I mean, Sam Ellinger had a great game, too, at 401 yards and four touchdowns. But Morrow just looked like the superior player. He was just getting more done. If you did an eye test, you'd think Morrow was way better than Ellinger and way highly regarded, although it seems to be the other way around. Texas, I don't know where they go from here. Maybe they don't make the playoff now with this one loss. But if they went out with the rest of their schedule, there definitely could be a chance, especially if LSU beats Bama or does something crazy and was undefeated the rest. Maybe they could kind of get a playoff spot, but the way Notre Dame's looking and the way other teams are looking, that might be questionable. Yeah. I So this was a fun game, though. It's a shame Texas lost, but that's just the way she goes. There's one more game I really wanted to talk about, and it was the Colorado at Nebraska game. I'm just trying to pull up some stats for you guys here so I can give you an idea of how this game went. So pretty much Colorado, one of my teams, not like my favorite team, but I definitely say I'm definitely a Colorado supporter, down and out against uh, Nebraska, an old rivalry. Somehow, though, they ended up coming through. I mean, they got through. They made a big comeback. I'm, I'm very sorry. I can't find this. I know it's so unprofessional. Eh? Ooh, it was earlier in the day, so I don't know how they organized. The score app organizes it. I see Northern Colorado. Where's, uh, where's, where's Colorado? Here we go. 34-31, Colorado over Nebraska. Martinez for Nebraska had a fine game, 290, two touchdowns, one interception. And uh, Montez, the guy who... Uh, had a lot of hype coming into this, uh, coming into college. 375, 2 and 1, two touchdowns, one interception. So they both were about even. But if you look at the scorecard and this comeback that was made. You just listened to Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you listen again. Until then, God bless, praise Christ, and thank you for listening to the show.